Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ. It is the 11 o'clock hour on the Nick Wilson Show. If you missed any of the first hour... If you missed any of the final hump day, Nick Wilson shows WFNZ.com for the full hours, bits, and interviews. We got Joe Person coming up in about 20 minutes. Uh, we'll talk about the, the Baker press conference yesterday, the, the Scott Fitterer press conference, and we'll also start to get you ready for training camp. We're about, uh, was that, two and a half, three weeks away from training camp for the Carolina Panthers. We also... Have to get into some pretty earth-shaking things happening in NASCAR. In the meantime, one earth-shaking thing here in Charlotte, potentially one outside the NBA. Uh, it is official. Today is the last day for the Hornets to pull the qualifying offer for Miles Bridges. It is the last day for any NBA team to pull the qualifying offer for restricted free agents. So... That could be, I, I don't expect the Hornets are going to pull the qualifying offer for Miles Bridges. There's just, it, it the, the timing of it, there's no real need to, there's no real benefit, I should say, uh, from the financial side of things, because it's not going to bring them under the cap to do it. So I would be pretty shocked if the Hornets today pulled a qualifying offer today, but it is the deadline for that. The other big thing going on in the NBA and I love the wording of this. Um, Brian Winhorst won Twitter like two weeks ago when he did the the like Godfather-esque spiel about the state of the Jazz uh, franchise. And basically he hinted that a complete teardown and rebuild is, is going to be happening in Utah. And within like 24 to 48 hours Rudy Gobert was traded to Minnesota for every pick Minnesota has to now through the end of the millennium and a bunch of young players or a bunch of uh, spare parts and everybody was wondering what does that mean for Donovan Mitchell well Adrian Wojnarowski put out the tweet because previously the thought had been the Jazz were not going to to listen to offers for Donovan Mitchell. Well, now, Woj tweeting out, uh, it was late yesterday, after previously shutting down inquiries on moving all-star guard Donovan Mitchell, rival teams say the Utah Jazz are showing a willingness to listen on possible trade scenarios. And uh, Justin Zanuck, the general manager of the Utah Jazz, has been quoted as saying, change is inevitable in the NBA, things evolve in the NBA, so I couldn't sit here and say anybody is untouchable. There's no intent to trade Donovan Mitchell at all. And this might be a hot take. I don't know. If you said right now, you can trade for a 25, 26-year-old all-star, even though he's undersized, but all-star guard in Donovan Mitchell, and that you can be the place that he's going to play for the next 6 to 10 years potentially. Or you can trade for Kevin Durant. If we're talking about the assets you're going to give up, I'd rather bet the farm on Donovan Mitchell than I would Kevin Durant. I, 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 there's just the risk of Kevin Durant two years off the Achilles injury. The risk of Kevin Durant at 34 
if Miami was sitting there saying, and the, the latest report is Miami is is dead set on trading for Kevin Durant, I would rather, if I'm Miami, trade for Donovan Mitchell and give up. Because let's be honest, Kev, Kevin Durant is the much better player than Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell is probably one of the 20 best basketball players in the NBA. Kevin Durant's still probably one of the three best players in the NBA. That gap is way more significant than you and I think it is. It's 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 not quite the gap from Donovan Mitchell to, you know, a Bogdanovich, but it's a significant gap. And Kevin Durant's impact on a team. As a matter of fact, one of the reasons why Donovan Mitchell might be available this young is Danny Ainge... Uh, the, one of the reports out there is that Danny Ainge doesn't believe Donovan Mitchell can be the best player on a championship team. But they should be able to get that kind of a trade for Donovan Mitchell. But this will be... It wouldn't surprise me if when the trade goes down, I think Kevin Durant's going to be had for a song. I don't for a second believe the report that was uh, Minnesota offered multiple of their starters i want to say or no no no. it was that brooklyn asked for carl anthony towns and anthony edwards i don't believe it sean marks is a smart gm he's not a moron to ask that of any team asking for two guys who are going to be the future of the nba is legitimately stupid i don't believe that and i certainly don't believe any team would be willing to give up that much but I think Kevin Durant's going to go. Whatever Rudy Gobert went for, and there were like two nice young players in that deal. Malik, Be- Malik Beasley's a nice young player, and Jared Vanderbilt is a nice maybe potential role player. And then four firsts. 25% more of a trade, That's what I uh, of that trade, is where I think the conversation starts for Kevin Durant. Donovan Mitchell, I, where's the framework for a Donovan Mitchell deal? Do, one, Donovan Mitchell isn't asking out So the Jazz have maximum leverage unless it comes out that Donovan wants to be traded, which that's that's not been said. But he's in an offensive league. He's one of the best scorers in the league. And he's a 25, 26-year-old superstar. If you had Donovan Mitchell to the Miami Heat last year, the Miami Heat might have won the title. At the very least, they probably would have overcome Boston given how close that series was. It would have been a very competitive NBA Finals if Donovan Mitchell were in Miami, depending on what Miami would have had to give up. I also love that the Knicks are interested, and do not be surprised if the Knicks just do anything they can to get Donovan Mitchell. Uh, There's nothing, there is no, listen, let's be real honest here. World Wide West, the clock is ticking. Tom Thibodeau, the clock is ticking in New York. They know that James Dolan, the, the Knicks owner, is a is a godforsaken psychopath. This guy has never seen anything through in his life as Knicks owner. So they know they've got to make a splash to, to keep things going. If it's R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish, and uh, a couple salaries and every other thing you have to, like every draft pick now through 2040, you kind of got to do it. I'm, that's a little hyperbole there on the draft pick thing. But if you thought the Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, and who was the third guy in that deal? I can't remember. It was, but Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce were the headlines of the Boston to Brooklyn deal. 
That's essentially what I think you're going to have to give up if you're the Knicks to get Donovan Mitchell. And here's why the Knicks should do it. Donovan Mitchell might be the guy. One, if you can keep Julius Randle's, Donovan Mitchell and Julius Randle together would be really interesting. Two, Donovan Mitchell would be the kind of guy that could be in New York for the next decade and could attract other players to ignore the fact that James Dolan is god-awful and a bad human being and sign with the New York Knicks. 704-570-9610. Let's ask about, let's ask about the Charlotte Hornets. How much would be too much for Charlotte, for Donovan Mitchell? There's one name for me. And I will, I will go down swinging on this. There is one name that is untouchable for the rest of time, as long as he's a Charlotte Hornet, and it's LaMelo Ball. If they wanted to do a sign-and-trade for Miles Bridges, and they wanted all your young talent, I'd really consider it. If they wanted... Um, Miles Bridges in a sign and trade, and if well, if you could keep Miles out of it, then there's no price too big for me. If you could have Miles Bridges, Lamelo Ball, and Donovan Mitchell on the same court, just shut it down. That that to me would be uh, very exciting, very exciting in the bedroom sense, if you know what I mean. It lasts four hours or longer, if you know what I mean. But outside of that, like outside of Lamelo Ball. There's no, there's no thought on Donovan Mitchell I wouldn't be willing to entertain. And listen, it's not flawless. Donovan's a great scorer. He's not a great shooter. He's certainly not an, a great three-point shooter. I think I think a lot of the things that we can say about building around LeBron and building around you know point forwards with that ability who can play the point guard position, uh, you, you try and surround those guys with as much three-point shooting as possible. So that is, so spacing-wise, I wonder, you know, LaMelo would have to kind of carry the load as a three-point shooter to make the spacing make sense on the court with that backcourt. And I'd still do it. I'd still do it, and I'd still see what happens there. So Donovan Mitchell is, uh, or sorry, I, I keep saying he's available. The Jazz, there's a report that the Jazz are listening to offers and possible trade scenarios for Donovan Mitchell. How much would be too much for the Charlotte Hornets? Uh, now, we're going to go to the number one Knicks fan on the station, Itty Bitty Fitty. Itty Bitty Fitty, you were shaking your head a lot of the things that I said about Donovan Mitchell to the New York Knicks. How much would be too much for the New York Knicks? So, like, I'm the opposite. We're like, I'd rather have R.J. Barrett long-term than Julius Randle. He's an enigma. Uh-huh. He doesn't care. He played really good two years ago to get a, to get a contract. But I do feel like if if you're swapping players, they're probably going to want RJ because he's younger and, and his ceiling's higher than Julius. You're probably giving up Mitchell Robinson, Emmanuel quickly, who's a great piece off the bench and a lot of a lot of draft picks. So like, like that's where I draw the line. Where it's going to be a lot of draft picks and a lot of young talent for the Knicks. But as a Knicks fan that needs a reason to watch, more often than not, I'm for it. And then when it pertains to the Hornets. Probably giving up a lot of your future draft picks, and you're probably giving up, you know, PJ, Ubre, Rozier. What really makes it hard? I for don't the think Hor- those guys have value to the Jazz. But the problem is, is that your young players, they don't have the value because they weren't on the court last year. Well, but so you, mean, so you can't trade for upside because we don't know what their upside is. I mean, yeah, I, I so uh, so I'll go for the instance for the Kevin Love trade. 
like everybody kind of knew Anthony Bennett was a bust when he was traded as part of the Kevin Love trade. So Anthony Bennett probably would have had more value to Minnesota or sorry, more trade value to Cleveland if Anthony Bennett hadn't been one of the worst rookies in the NBA after be taken one overall in 2013. I don't. If a team's going through a three to five year rebuild, which is what I mean, if they trade Donovan Mitchell, Utah, it's going to be. Look how long it took for Boston to dig out of the ashes of trading Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce to Brooklyn. They it took them three to four years of losing and building. And by the way, the only reason that that they were able to do that that quickly was because they found guys like Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder that were cast offs from other teams that then became very important players for Boston. So I actually disagree. I think the only value Rogier, the only value, probably even PJ, because they'd have to sign him to a contract. The only value that the veterans, the young veterans on this team would have are to part off to get more picks. So maybe maybe in some ways those guys would like so that so if it was Terry Rozier, PJ Washington, uh, Kai Jones, and four future firsts, is that too much? Because Jay Enley saying I really like uh, D Mitchell, but he's an undersized combo guard. Hard to say what it will take to get him. I'm sorry, I don't think a lot of people around the NBA. I mean, yes, they think of him as an undersized point guard, or sorry, an undersized combo guard. They see him as a guy that can score 26 points a game. He's not a great three-point shooter, but he is at least a, a deep, like he, he shot 36% for three in his career. He has shot as high as 39% in his career from three. So there is some upside there. And he's one of the best scorers in the NBA. And you got to remember, Steve Clifford pounded the table Five years ago for the what, Hornets what, to draft. Him. Why are we doing that? Why are we bringing that up? To I'm the just saying, like, it, it, you know, if like if, if there's going to be any chances of it, seeing what he's turned into, you know, Clifford's going to want his front office to exhaust that, that, that possibility anyway. 704-570-9610. So let's just start there because I don't even think that's high enough. I don't think Terry Rozier, um, who was the other guy that I said? Terry, um, Kai, and... I'm blanking on third piece. So I'm doing a great job here. How much is too much if the Hornets were to call about Donovan Mitchell? More on that. Plus, we got to get into the Baker, Mayfield, and Scott Fitterer press conferences next on Sports Radio 92.7 FNC. Radio 92.7 FNC. Welcome back to the Nick Wilson Show. Uh, it, I already mentioned earlier today, uh, Mac, who's off the next two days. We already got our goodbyes in. And really, this whole week, I've only booked people that I've I, we've had on before and that I've liked as guests. Like uh, Bill Ryder, a guy coming up in 60 minutes. Uh, good buddy. We, we I've actually known him since when I was in Cleveland. Um, Jessica Charman has become a good buddy of the show, right? Uh, Ross Tucker, who was on yesterday's show, which is fitting because our next guest I I put in that same category. One of the true professionals, one of my favorite guests we've had on the Nick Wilson show. Uh, so it's fitting he's here on the final week of the show. Joe Person of The Athletic on the guest line. What's up, buddy? 
I feel like I ought to be presenting you with like a box of Bojangles chicken or a gallon of sweet tea or something to 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 just make a nice going away present uh, for for one of Charlotte's best, man. Oh well, thank you. And and by the way, don't athletes just have it figured out? Like even even in Yankee Stadium, they gave. David Ortiz, like thousands of dollars of gifts. What other job do you get that kind of going away from your friends and or your your enemies? I know, I know. It's it's like uh, the you know the coaches' buyouts. These guys who are already uh, obscenely wealthy. Well, here's another you know fifteen million for not coaching uh, the next couple of years, and and you know good 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 luck in your future endeavors. Man, we gotta we gotta get into that action there, Joe. So we uh, did it wrong, buddy. We have yep, yep wrong life choices. We chose things like love and passion to follow instead of just chasing that money. Maybe, maybe you know, there's still time. We're still young men. We're we're viable, virile <laughs> men, Joe. Let's let's get into the Fitterer and Mayfield press conferences yesterday. What stood out to each one of each one of those press conferences to you the most? Um, I thought Baker was a little on the boring side, uh, dis- disappointingly so, and surprisingly so. I was ready for blood and guts, and, and man, I can't wait to stick it to Cleveland and, and all this. And uh, I thought it was interesting that he was very much literally buttoned up in a, uh, you know, in a button-down shirt at, from his home in Austin. And... Uh, very purposely to me seemed like he wanted to strike a tone of even keeledness, a calm demeanor, doesn't want to be emotional and start running his mouth too soon as as he was wont to do in in both Oklahoma and in Cleveland. Um, But, but strikingly too was, was the fact that, that, and I know these are different things, but they both involve the passion you just referred to that Scott Fitterer said, we want the fired-up Baker. We don't want the toned-down Baker, at least on the field. We love the fieriness. I could, as Fitter said, I could feel his intensity when I talked to him. You know, but, but you just and, – and, and Baker said this, too. I asked him the question, what will he take from his Cleveland experience and do differently here? And he said, I have to keep a balance, but maybe I don't go – maybe I'm not so public with, with some of my – concerns and complaints and uh oh it's interesting again boring but telling i thought joe with the idea of you know scott fitter coming out and the the panthers continuing to sell a quarterback competition why do you think they've been so insistent that baker mayfield sam donald and matt corral will be competing for the starting job well i think they want two things i don't think they want to dump all over sam uh, which they have with th- through their actions and in some cases their words all off season. Um, and secondly, I think they want to, you know, give Baker a little. If asking him for initially a seven million dollar pay cut wasn't, you know, wasn't humble pie enough, now I think they they don't want to anoint him the guy just you know the minute he that the, the trade went official yesterday. So. So, yeah, I mean, listen, you know as well as I do, they don't go get him if they don't expect him to be the starter. That's why they did. They don't have – they didn't – you know, certainly Matt Rule and, and 
and Scott Fitter. I don't. I, I think Dave Tepper might have been on board with 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 Sam a little more so than those two. But they didn't. They didn't feel confident enough to roll into this 22 season with just Sam Darnold. And so, yeah. I mean, and and you know, look, there there is this whole thing which is not inconsequential of having to learn the offense in six weeks uh, beginning in, in Spartanburg. I mean, he can cram a little bit the next two weeks. If they, he has the playbook, but they are not allowed to, you know, like do Zoom coaching sessions with them. This is the NFL dead period. So I think all of that is why we're hearing publicly and privately about this being an open competition. Joe, how likely is it that the Panthers carry three quarterbacks in the regular season? I think they're going to if they can't get a taker for for Sam Darnold. I, I mean, they're and I know they're and I don't. I believe Scott Fitter when he says they're not shopping him. Um, but as this goes along, and if somebody gets hurt in another camp at the quarterback position, then they might get a call, and then they have a decision to make on Sam Darnold. But barring that, I think they will. Uh, I think they'll carry three. I think they almost have to. Um, because otherwise you're eating 18 million on 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 Darnold if you cut him, and I don't think they're going to do that. Um, and then Corral gets the what the you know what amounts to a redshirt year. What will be interesting is if late in the year, let's say, not, you know, late Thanksgiving, um, and they're not going anywhere, and Sam Darnold and or Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield has just sort of been so so. Do they play Matt Corral at that point and have the uh, added benefit of that potentially keeping Baker from hitting 70% of his snaps, thereby assuring that it's a fifth-round pick Cleveland gets rather than a fourth-round pick? And, uh, you know, all all things – we're a long way from that, but it is – I think it will be something interesting to monitor. Joe Person of The Athletic on the guest line here, breaking down yesterday's press conferences. And, of course, we are uh, mere weeks away from NFL training camp, Carolina Panthers training camp. So Baker did say yesterday he made a deal with with Johnny Hecker to wear the number six. Do we have any details on what that deal entailed? I don't. I don't. I'm sure it was not cheap when you hear – you know, when you hear some of these stories across the league about what guys have paid and Johnny Hecker, I mean, he, he was running all kinds of transactions. I mean, they bought that number, not that uh, presumably bought it from PJ Walker, uh, not that long ago. And then turns around and sells it. Uh, and, and I would guess made a, a nice profit. So he had that n- number six been coming and going, uh, over the last few weeks, but, yeah, that's fascinating to me and, and falls, again, under that category you were talking about with, you know, with people getting paid to, to go away. Uh, and, and rookie dinners, too. Like, you see the bills on those. And I, I, I wouldn't venture to guess, but it, I think we would all be surprised at the amount of money Baker gave Johnny Hecker on his way in. Joe, in terms of the rest of the roster here, they had had Carlos Dunlop in uh, a few weeks back for a physical during many camps. You know, there have been some talks about other edge rushers. Do do you expect the Panthers to address any other roster spots significantly before training camp or the regular season? 
I would think so during training camp. How significant it is is, is another matter. Um, Fitter was asked that type of question yesterday. You probably heard it. And his, the first thing out of his mouth wasn't edge, but it was finding another big body in the middle uh, of that defensive line to, to be part of the rotation, um, which makes you think, well, one, Davian Nixon is, is coming off that knee injury and, and Matt Rule telling us there's a good chance he would not be ready for the start of, of, of camp. But a, a big by, a big body there. But he did also mention Edge. Seems like to me the Carlos Dunlap deal would have been done already if it were going to be. But, you know, maybe they're doing the same kind of thing they did with Sam Darnold. Or, excuse me, Baker Mayfield. And, and by that I mean, yeah, we, we'd like to have you, Carlos, but not at the number, you know, you and Drew, Drew Rosenhaus are talking about. So maybe we see him come into camp. But, yeah, they'll – There'll be some down the roster churn, of course, but I I bet you there'll be something at least of you know semi significant uh, during during camp. Joe Bojangles came up during Baker Mayfield's press conference, so uh, maybe the most important question you can answer forthright here on this show, on this station, with our time together coming to an end. What is your uh, Bojangles go to order? All right, so. I have told you before, I've been trying to kind of eat a little healthier in 2022. So I'm leaving my kids travel baseball game recently. And I went to a Bojangles kind of out in Charlotte suburbs or outskirts. And I, I get the grilled chicken sandwich, which I'm usually not a big fan of, but you know, I got to tell you this came, And I don't know if this was just a one-time deal at this thing, or I'd love to hear from your, your listeners. It came out as these two marinated, very delightful, delicious sort of chicken tenders on a nice, healthy, green, like bougie lettuce, and then on a bun. And it was awesome. And I want to go see if I just kind of lucked into one deal on a Saturday night in, in Hickory or if Bojangles is stepping up their grilled chicken. So I was going to say, if it was like, uh, we don't, I don't think we have one in Ballantyne, but there's one in Pineville. I know we've got some in our bougie neighborhoods. If it was in a bougie neighborhood, I would have said maybe you just went to a bougie Bojangles. But if you went to a Hickory uh, Bojangles, there's no way that's a bougie uh, Bojangles there. <laughs> Follow this man on the Twitter machine at Joseph Person. Uh, Joe, you've been a delight, man. I, I just appreciate the hell out of you, and I, I hope the best for you in the future, buddy. Mutual respect, and something tells me we're going to be talking to each other once you get the clean. It's, it feels like week one really could be a time where we could link up again. Joe Person on the guest line there. Um, I don't think I've ever had anything grilled from Bojangles. Like and, and a lot of this is the, the almost last two years. I've been eating so much healthier that when I go to Bojangles, guys, all the all bets are off. Like I, I'm going to Bojangles to degrade myself. I'm not. I'm not going. Like I love when people are like you know. I'm, I'm going to take a triple bacon cheeseburger, uh, double order of fries, side of barbecue sauce, and then give me the biggest drink, uh, you know, biggest beer that you have. But I'm going to need lettuce on that burger. There is, when I go, I don't do any of that crap at any place. But when I go to Bojangles, I'm like, I'm going to need the Yuva with double pimento cheese 
if you can give me the biggest chicken patty you have on the Cajun filet biscuit, and then I'm going to need you to triple the icing on the Bowberry biscuits on the outside of the Uva. This is a Bojangles day because this morning, a guy texted in the Mac attack saying that Bojangles is overrated. Kingpin on the text line, Bojangles is overrated, good, but overrated. So what, What's going on with it, the locals? Yeah, and, and, and let me just tell you guys, I am a purveyor. I am I am Mr. Fast Food. All right. One of the one of the ways I got to 411 pounds is my inability to like ration my uh, my 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 stops at fast food joints. Uh, I McDonald's does absolutely have a, a quality. I, I, I like McDonald's a lot. Chick-fil-A is absolutely fantastic. I've really become a came to uh, Zaxby's and I've gone to Guthrie's and Raising Cane's and Arby's. I've done it all. All right. If it's in the Charlotte area or if it's in Cleveland area or anywhere in between, I've had the fast food. It is impossible for Bojangles to be overrated. I, as basically, I like the only thing missing that could make me more Bojangles is if you put, give me the chicken costume and let me host a show in it. And guys, Bojangles, if you're into it, I'll do it. I'm going to take it home. I'm going to walk into my bedroom. I'm going to handle some business, and then you'll get it back. You might want to dry clean it, but I'm telling you, there is no way I could be any more Bojangle friendly than if you gave me the chicken costume for 24 hours. And I'm here to tell you, Bojangles is and not oh by the way the chick-fil-a is light years better than bojangles their it's service different chicken their service is is next to nothing chick-fil-a service is better than anybody's but the food give me the cajun filet uh sandwich over anything on the menu at chick-fil-a and same thing with popeyes or kfc their chicken sandwiches do not do it for me the way cajun filet chicken sandwiches do it for me especially the uva big happenings on sports radio 92.7 fnc sports radio 92.7 fnc we're just talking about because uh, it was talking about uh, i i i I don't like when people say Bojangles is overrated. I don't know. Like, I'm not from here, obviously. I'm going back to where I'm from here. Uh, so, like, I don't know why I take people who have opinions on Bojangles so personally. But it's like Bojangles has become a, one of the things that I just will absolutely, like, stand plant the flag at the 50-yard line for. Same thing with, like, uh, Basante. If you don't like Basante, I judge you more than I do Basante. It's I never question. Like one, I like it has made it in such a, a place in my head that if you don't like Basante, that's a you problem, bro. And I feel the same way about Bojangles. Like I get it. You like because here's the thing: there are things I really like on the Chick Fil A menu. Uh, I love their their chicken nuggets. Um, I can take or, or or take or leave the chicken minis. But, like, there are some things on that menu. I actually think their milkshakes are pretty underrated. But if somebody said Chick-fil-A is overrated, again, that's an, I'd be like, okay, yeah, okay, that's your opinion. Bojangles, it's a you problem. There's something fundamentally broken with you. If you just don't like the Chicken Supremes, get it. But if you just say Bojangles is overrated, uh, also Moose and a few other people had, had pointed out that they talked about uh, – that there are restaurants that you just go in knowing, listen, I'm not going to eat anything healthy here. I'm going into this restaurant to defile myself with the love of unholy and unhealthy foods. Bojangles is one of them. 
I think like I I just think to myself, how unhealthy can I get this? Because in and of itself, like the 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 uh, Cajun fillet sandwich is not that unhealthy. But I'm like, put an egg on it, put cheese on it, then put pimento cheese on it. Uh, make sure bowberry biscuits on the outside. Maybe drizzle some uh, you know so, some uh, heroin on it. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of ways that I can make it as absolutely unhealthy as possible. That, I'm that way at Italian restaurants too, because I just it's well, and they get they they no I'm a, you know what I'm gonna say I'm sorry to Italian restaurant uh, owning people. The whole idea of the Italian restaurant starts at an unhealthy premise. Here's free bread. Here is free buttery salty carbohydrates. That's how you walk into an Italian restaurant. And by the way, I'm not complaining. I'm simply saying that you start. If that's the first thing that happens in a restaurant, you're like, how else can we defile ourselves here? So I wanted to start with this question. What are the restaurants that you go into knowing not only is this not going to be healthy, but I'm going to take this to whatever extreme you're willing to go to. I'm not thinking about health. I'm not thinking about diet, lifestyle, long-term living, longevity. I'm just going to go in to defile myself and that restaurant. I'll start with, it is Bojangles. I'll start with uh, Basante, too. That's my ride-or-die pizza shop here. When I go to Basante, I'm not just getting, oh, I'm going to get a, I'm in a large pep uh, for, the, for the family. Right? No, no, no. I'm thinking I'm going to need to get some of the pizza rolls. I'm going to need to get uh, some of the fries. I mean, I'm going to need to get, oh, 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 garlic sauce. You do a little garlic sauce on top of the pizza. I'm going to make my artery suffer when I go to Basante. That's the kind of home run swing I'm trying to take there. Uh, ooh, 704 never saying bad daddies. Bad daddies. Uh, so I usually, I try, the only kind of chains that I try to stand for are local chains. Please see Bojangles. I know Bad Daddies is more of like a, there's some in Colorado. I actually think that's where they came from. There's few here. There's a few, um, I can't remember if they're any in Ohio. But in terms of the national chain, which is how I think of Bad Daddies, um, they've got a bacon barbecue burger that'll set you on your ass and make you just sit in a food coma for a day after having it. Itty bitty fitty. What, what fast food or what restaurant or style of restaurant do you go to DTPT on? Taking the suspenders off. Like you're, you're literally talking. It's like bedroom talk. I don't think you're ready for what's about to happen here. That's, that's, that's where you go. If Chipotle had a buffet, it would be Chipotle. But I'll go Taco Bell because here's why. I get the number seven combo, which is the chicken quesadilla, mm -hmm. with the soft taco. But I don't stop there. Like when Now, when Flounder's paying, then I'll just get like a side of nachos and cheese. If I'm paying, I want three more additional side soft tacos. Mm -hmm. uh, then the nachos and cheese. And then the cinnamon twist with the large Pepsi that's, you know, so like... I can go to Taco Bell and spend 25 to 30 bucks and not blink an eye. So the last four years, I like, well, okay, actually this is more of the last two years because I've been on the diet. Um, my final act of fatness 
before I get all the way back on my lifestyle and like reclaiming the lifestyle that has helped me lose over 100 pounds, I will I go to Taco Bell. And much like you, there's no reason for one person you should spend $20 on Taco Bell. There's no reason. Health, Health-wise, it's you should not do this. Right. All right? Like, there should be a medical disclaimer in this conversation that we're having here. And this year, or no, two years ago, I'd already dropped Hacksaw off. So I was in Charlotte. I didn't need to defile myself with Taco Bell. And the lady hands me the bag, and she's like, this this, this just for you? Oh, and that's I, the worst. No, it's not. And I was like, yes, ma'am, it is. I ordered a second, and then I had to correct her because she had only given me one Mountain Dew Baja Blast. And I made sure to get that second one and just pounded in the final 35 minutes before I was home. There is nothing worse than being judged by the, the, the person at the fast food window. I, You know what? I no longer take it. I Because I, a lot of it's they're just incredulous. You're inferring judgment. I think I, I would say that that incredulity is equal parts judgment and being impressed. They're like, there's no way. There's no way this person can put this down, and then you put it down. You know, McDonald's could be on that, that list if their ice cream machine consistently worked. <laughs> because, like... For me, it's McDonald's breakfast. Oh, yeah, because yeah. They've, they've got the most underrated chicken biscuit of fast food chains in the area. I So I've never made it there because they've got... Their breakfast McGriddles are fantastic. I love the McMuffin sausage, uh, the the sausage and che- sausage egg and cheese McMuffin to me. I, I will defile myself again, similar to driving up to uh, the cabin. The first act of defiling myself was I got two sandwiches, I got two hash browns, and I got a iced tea. Mind you, I know I should, and I don't think I actually ate it all, but I mind you, I know I shouldn't be having this. But it was just, all right, I'm in prime defilement mode. JJ saying barbecue joints. Yeah. yeah but, oh, but like, see, it, it depends. Because you have to get the certain sides. Mm-hmm. And I learned this from watching Man versus Food that allows you to keep eating. Like if you eat, was it, he always ate French fries and he wanted to eat a lot of food. Uh-huh. Because it because of the, the, the salt and stuff like that, what, how your stomach digested it. Yeah. Like if you get mac and cheese. Or like collard greens or something like that. You're not going to be able to have three or four helpings of meat. Well, yeah. To me, it's about the quality of. There's no amount of food like, and there's no kind of food that I can't defile myself on. Uh, Scott the XFL honk saying it's cookout for me. Moose also seconding cookout. Here's the thing about barbecue joints for me. I didn't realize quite what a real not. Okay, so I've lost weight. So I some people might still call me fat, but most people are like, oh, Nick, you you look really good. You right? do look really good, and. But yet, I know that in internally, I'm still very much a fat ass. Because when I go to a barbecue restaurant, my wife is like, okay, I'll have a half rack of ribs, right? My kids are like, ooh, we'll do this. We'll do, and then I'm like, I'll take a full rack of ribs. You can never go half some, rack. N- 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 You're a full, full rack guy. I'm a, everybody knows Big Daddy loves a full rack. So a full rack of ribs. I'm going to need some of that summer sausage, or not summer sausage, <laughs> the spicy sausage. <laughs> I'm going to need this. I'm going to need that. And then it's like four normal looking places, right? Oh, it's it's chicken tenders. Oh, it's smoked mac and cheese. And then it just looks like, why is that man eating half of the restaurant? That's what I look like at barbecue joints. Even now, even down 100 pounds. When I was 400 pounds, they were like, 
what is that man doing? There's no possible way he could house that food. And then you know what? I house that food because I'm because I'm Big Daddy and I'm a real man. Maybe I'm just an, an animal, but like whenever you're in the act of eating copious amounts of food, uh -huh. don't you want to wear it? Like it's like a badge of honor. Like if you've got barbecue sauce on. You know, on your cheeks. No, I actually hate that. Really? No. Oh, but, uh, you're a neat eater? Yeah, well, no, I don't think I'm necessarily neat, but I hate it. I Although I do absolutely always end up with something on my shirt. It, it could be, I could be eating air, and I somehow <laughs> air would end up on my shirt. That's how messy of an eater I can be. Uh, usually, you know what the bad thing is? Because I'm really, I can't be the fat guy at the, the the barbecue joint or at the pizza joint or whatever that walks out with food on them. So I'm super careful about it. Mm -hmm. At home, it, it I, there's nothing I can do. I am so bad about, and I've got this shelf here, this belly, that just catches food all the time. So we're asking you guys. As I have said, I, I defile myself at Bojangles by ordering the most unhealthiest things on the menu, combining unhealthy things. So I ask you, what restaurant, what type of restaurant do you, can you just not control yourself on? That's the better way to put it. We got more to get into in the noon hour, including one fact that I think we have to address on Baker Mayfield. Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ.